Hi, everyone. Welcome to this episode of Steam Up the Classroom. Today, I have Jeremy Keishin, who is the CEO and co-founder of CodeHS, the leading coding education platform for schools used by millions of students. We're chatting coding today and I'm super excited um, and I know that you gave me a whole bunch of information all about yourself but I figured instead I'd love to hear you Jeremy speak a little bit about who you are and what your story is and how you got to where you are right now. Sure, sure. Well, yeah, thank you, Tori, for having me on the show. So yeah, I'm Jeremy. I'm the CEO of CodeHS. Uh, you know, we make comprehensive platform helping schools teach computer science. We do uh, you know, we make curriculum, we do professional development um, and, you know, help teachers, you know, ma manage their assignments, students do coding online, kind of everything just all in one spot. Um, and a little about me and, you know, how we got to do this. So um, ended up doing computer science, uh, studying computer science at Stanford and, and teaching um, a lot of the intro classes there kind of as a student teaching assistant and then near the end of college um, we started doing code hs and saying hey everyone here is you know computer science is really fun accessible has so many applications but most schools they're just not teaching it they don't know how to get started and you know how do we help make it a little bit friendlier so we started doing that uh, myself my co-founder zach in um, 2012 and yeah i've been focused on on saying how can we help schools teach computer science uh, since then and uh yeah, that's the quick version. There's there's a lot more, but <laughs> that's, that's where we start. <clears throat> All right, that's awesome. That's a cool that's a cool journey. Um, I like that you decided that your mission was going to be to help schools with coding because I feel like, I mean, it's still pretty new for a lot of schools. It really is still pretty new, and as much as it's gotten more popular and changed in the last, you know, real almost decade since we've been doing it. Still, you know, probably less than half of schools are teaching it. Maybe, you know, even 5% of students are taking a computer science class. Mm -hmm. You know, more schools, more teachers are starting to get aware of it, but I think you'll see the trend continue. You know, more schools teaching computer science, more states developing computer science standards, more teachers getting trained and, you know, more parents and, you know, more communities saying, hey, we want to have uh, computer science in K-12. Yeah, and it's also, it's definitely intimidating too, I feel right. like, for schools <laughs> yeah. and then just teachers in general. Um, it's intimidating because it's, it's something that a lot of us ha didn't grow up with, and it's one of those things where they're, you know, if you haven't really exposed yourself, it's just this other world of language and, and everything. Right. So it's nice that you guys are bringing it in a way that is accessible for not only students, but staff. Right. It definitely can be intimidating. And I think that's one of the things we want to focus on at CodeHS. And then also, you know, with the book, the book uh, is called Read Red Code, Friendly Introduction to the World of Coding, Why It's the New Literacy. And like friendly is definitely the key word. It can be intimidating. And how can we help get teachers start, students start in a way that feels fun and accessible? Because, you know, if you're doing coding education in middle school and high school or elementary school, a lot of the goal is to help get students excited and you know maybe they can take another class or make a cool project um you know i think that's you know that's where you want to start and you don't want someone to whether you're a teacher or a student to get turned off before they get started and go mm -hmm. oh hey you know this isn't for me i'm not a coding person i'm not a math person i can't do this 
I think we want to say, hey, you know, actually you can do this. Uh, this can be really fun. And not only that, you know, it's 2021. Everything we do is connected to technology. You've got to know this stuff. And, and here's why, you know, and that's, um, I think that's a lot of the perspective that, that we take. Yeah. So that brings me to my next question. Why does coding matter? Right. That, there you go. That is the essential question. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I know you could probably answer this over days, weeks, yeah. years, <laughs> but right, right. I, think, uh, I think maybe you know, when we were starting, I had to answer that a lot more. And now I think um, more people have that themselves, but I would say, you know, and this is how I start, start the book, you know, um, you know, reading and writing, they are kind of core foundational skills. You expect students to, you know, say they're graduating high school, you, you got to know reading, you got to know writing. And it doesn't mean you have to be a professional reader or a professional writer. It's just something you use every day as part of being, you know, an engaged citizen. But you go back 500, 600 years and actually most people couldn't read and write. And mm -hmm. the people who couldn't probably like, well, what do I need that for? But now, you know, uh, we look at that and we go, of course. And that, you know, with the printing press and, you know, the explosion of literacy over the next, you know, few hundred years, that really, really changed. And so I would say we're in the, you know, the printing press moment of, you know, with computing, with the internet, most Ooh. people coding, they kind of think, hey, like, whatever, I don't know this, why does it matter to me? But then, you know, I think it's that I think it's that same trend, you know, how things are going to develop over the next five years, 10 years, 50 years, 100 years. I think people will look at this as a foundational skill. Again, it doesn't mean you need to be a professional coder. That's not my approach. That's not our, our approach from Code HS, but it's, hey, you need to know this just as part of being a kind of engaged citizen in a world that's so connected to technology. Um, and, you know, there's so many examples, but I think you know, even to discuss, okay, we're all using our phones. What's the implication of that? Okay, it's always collecting data. What is big data? What, you know, what should we know about data privacy? What should we know about hacking? That's going to impact you whether or not you're actively going out and seeking how to learn about it. I would think, you know, we really should be teaching more about it and help students be educated about it. But I think, uh, yeah, this is the world we live in. It's very technology connected. And I think that technology applies across all areas. So that's why I think it's really a foundational skill now and will just become more so. Yeah. I really like you comparing it to the printing press. I've never heard anyone say that before. That's really like, it's perfect. <laughs> right. Right. Well, I think that little kind of thought experiment that you have to do is you go, okay, who, who read books when books were extremely scarce? <laughs> It was like the elite read the books and, you know, they were, had access to more ideas and, and, you know, most people, I think you imagine, again, 500, 600 years ago, people go, why do I even, why would I ever need to know how to read? And I think that's what it sounds like if someone today asks, well, why would I even need to know how to code? And I, again, I don't know what people will say in 100 or 200 years, but I think that this is a, a pivotal trend. And, you know, the role of computing, computers, computer science, you know, the internet, that's, that's not going away. And so I think you have a transformational trend and then you have some people in the know and a lot of people aren't. And, you know, I think, I think that's why that analogy kind of works. Yeah. And it's also, also like, <laughs> it, we have so much technology everywhere and why wouldn't we want to learn how to like use it even better? Right, right. I like, I mean, we can just sit back idly and just let technology kind of do everything for us and right. like take right. over. 
<laughs> but like maybe we probably should be able to communicate it. We don't. We don't want that. And I think you know we want educators to say how can we help the next generation of stewards uh, students be good stewards of technology that they're learning about, and how can we use it as a pos- and you know in a positive way to help solve you know different challenges that we have then. Uh, you know, one thing that I'm always excited about is saying, hey, how can you apply what you learn about coding to somewhere else? And so I think it's a tool. You know, if someone's interested in, you know, biology, they're interested in business, they're interested in journalism, they're interested in medicine. There's applications where if you can combine your knowledge of coding and your interest in this other area, that's where I think that's the direction where things are going and where you're going to have a huge impact. So, you know, you know, you like biology. You've learned coding, you can learn about biocomputation. You know, you're interested in journalism, you can help with, again, like digital journalism, a lot of that stuff's moving online. And, you know, a lot of health is depending on technology and kind of, even if you're looking at like people who are working in engineering or outer space, how is that, you know, there's a programming element. And, uh, you know, we have a whole blog about this. The blog is called Coding in the Wild. And we, we kind of interview people using coding in different fields. But That's cool. You're interested in like, uh, you know, we have one and it's like someone's interested in economics or they're interested in chemistry. Well, I think the question that people might not know is, well, what does it look like to learn economics or chemistry at a high level today, mm-hmm. at a graduate level today? And the answer is they're using coding. Of course they're using coding because if you want to look at data and do modeling, that's that's what it looks like to study economics. That's what it looks like to study chemistry. That's what it looks like to do engineering. You know, so you're going to be interacting with it. And that's why I think it's like, oh, it's a, it's a tool that you know, it's a skill that you have that you bring to anything that you do. Um, Absolutely. Those are just a few examples. And again, you can come up with so many more. Oh, yeah. I mean, and one of the things that I like to ask the students um, when I'm talking to them just about technology in general or when we're talking about robots or coding or anything like that, I have them go through their entire day like just a regular day, regular routine, and try and list off every possible technology that they come across, every piece of technology. And the list is always like monstrously long. Right. (laughs) And then they look at it and they're like, wait a minute. Like this is all of these need code? Right, exactly. (laughs) Yeah. It all does in some way or some form. It uses some type of coding. I know I've talked to classrooms where it's like students may have phones and are using phones at a much younger age than they're realizing that like the code is what creates the apps on the phones and someone programmed that and you could program that you don't just have to just consume the things from technology you can help build it and be creative and um, yeah code code makes that and I think kind of just pulling back the curtains and kind of demystifying that you know that's what we're doing code hs that's kind of a lot of what the book is too and um yeah, no, I think you're you're exactly right. Let's chat about the book. So sure. what audience is your book geared towards? The book is geared towards educators. So, you know, mostly teachers. Um, it could be for teachers who are doing computer science or technology broadly, or just who want to know what it's all about. So I think even if you've been teaching computer science for a while, there'll be something in it that you find valuable. But if you're newer and maybe don't know where to start or don't know how all the pieces fit together, that's a big goal of the book. And so it's providing a map, you know, it's okay, what is coding? What is programming? How does the internet work? What is cybersecurity? What is AI? You know, how do, how does everything kind of connect? And, um, 
just again, meant to be very accessible and there's a lot of interactive, you know, examples you can click and try out along the way. So yeah, again, meant to, meant to help people get started and hopefully be excited to learn some more. That's cool. Yeah. You um, had sent me over um, a PDF file of it and I um, looked through it and it looks really awesome. I like that you included different, um, what you just said, the examples where you can interact with them. Right. Right. Yeah. So there's different examples along the way, you know, then there's different, uh, you know, different people who are in the history of computing or, you know, could be, um, yeah, there's, there's, yeah, it's, it's fun. So I, I think the whole thing is people, again, like you said at the beginning, people might find it intimidating. The hope is to try and get people started in a way that's, that's not that intimidating and that can be fun. Yeah. And nice step-by-step um, process and, yep. you know, taking a little piece at a time. Yep, exactly. I feel like when you just look at a, a giant um, like picture of all the different coding lingo or anything like that, people are like, um, all right, I'm all set. <laughs> Right, exactly. There, this is just a different language. It, it, it can feel that way. It can feel like, oh, there's just a different language. Oh, there's so many words. Or like, you've heard of these words, but you don't know what they mean. Like, what's HTML? What's HTTP? What's a domain name? What's a, you know, and there's just, okay, there's so many things. How do I piece them together? But I think um, explaining just some of them and, and building up and, you know, how do things connect and, um yeah, there, there, there are a lot of topics and obviously things can get really advanced, but I think just having that foundation yeah. is really a great place to start, you know, for teachers, for students, you know, um, or even if a general audience is interested in the book, just who maybe they're working in, in technology or software, they know someone, or maybe you don't know the first thing about it and you've heard people mention code, but you don't even know what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And you read it and you go, oh, okay, I guess here's how this applies. Okay okay, this is what they mean when they're talking about AI. <laughs> yeah, no, it's so true. And it's, it's nice to be able to have it um, broken down. And I, I, like when my, this is a side note, when my, um, my first son was born, um, someone had given me, it was like coding for babies or something. Oh my gosh. <laughs> it's such a cute little book and it's just different. Um, it's different words within like code code and um, it's not really like a story or anything. It's um, but it's very cute. And oh, I remember someone saying to me, I can't even remember. It was someone that was visiting and they're like, what, what is this book? <laughs> Why do you even have this book? And I was like, well, you know what? One, someone gave it to me, which is awesome. And two, it's just an easy way for the kids to just see the symbols and see them all. Um, and then kind of, you know, get a first little glimpse of what right, they right. will be yeah, learning that's so sooner and later. Yeah. That's so interesting. I think, uh, yeah, a lot of the younger students are going to be digital natives and very familiar with this and, um, you know, they'll be using it, but we have to actively teach, them uh what's going on and how it works and it's not at the moment a part of the curriculum everywhere but i think you're going to see that that shifting yeah Yeah. if you had if there was a teacher that was interested in coding in their classroom maybe like not a computer science teacher where would you suggest they start like in general yeah love that question um so we have a lot of uh courses and projects for that on code hs which are interdisciplinary so if you're a teacher and you know you've 
been, you know, you're not teaching coding or you're teaching a core subject, but you want to integrate it, um, you know, you can go to CodeHS, you can sign up for a free account. All the curriculum is free. Um, wow. It was one of our interdisciplinary projects. So we have, hey, here's how you can apply coding in math or in science or in, you know, just again, a bunch of various topics. Um, so it could be like modeling or data or simulation or something visual or writing a formula or, you know, again, kind of connecting the dots between those. And I think the more that um, you can expect, like, again, at a higher level, maybe now, but I think it will continue to lower level. If students have that basic foundation, then you go, oh, cool. Like, you know, coding and we're learning about this. We can use this as like a different mode of teaching. Mm -hmm. Right. And I think that's really going to be pretty cool. So yeah, they could just go and basically create an account, go to our catalog and look for different interdisciplinary units and just try them out. That's pretty cool, especially because there's a lot of schools that just don't have computer science teachers still. Right. Um, even, I mean, even this year where most things have turned to at least some level of online components, there's still, there's still mm -hmm. many districts out there that just don't have the means to have a computer science teacher. Yeah. So it's nice that you have all of that available, especially for free, because, you know, teachers... <laughs> Yeah, no, teachers I mean, in our salaries. <laughs> we have a couple of versions. I mean, we have a free version that that teachers can just use and get started, and we have, you know, maybe twenty five thousand classrooms using it every month. And then, if the schools or districts want to prioritize their computer science more and really, you know, implement it and and do more and do more with training and all that, then we have a pro version for the schools and districts too. That's um, awesome. Yeah, great way for a motivated teacher who just wants to dip their toes in and get started whether they're super experienced and they want to really customize it or they're new and they want to check it out and, and see, but yeah, like any topic, you know, we, we really have almost everything you can think of that you'd want to do in, in K-12. And so like, whether that's about uh, cybersecurity or even about cryptocurrency and this year we have data science and we have AI and we have game design and we have, again, we have more interdisciplinary coming. So there's a whole big catalog of, of good stuff. That's cool. And even just like in the news lately, all that's been happening and um, cryptocurrency has been like in the front headlines, I feel like a lot. And it's nice to have um, resources where you can bring in things that are happening right now, real life, and, and bring them into your classroom. Because that's what, you know, the students want to know. Exactly. They want to get on board. Exactly. There's so many things it's like, what is this? How do I keep up? And can we make resources to help you know, help students and teachers get started. Um, but yeah, there's a lot of that. Yeah, cryptocurrencies in the news or hacking's in the news. Like a school district can get hacked or a hospital system's gotten hacked. And mm -hmm. you know, people might not know the first things that you need to do about being safe online and protecting yourself and protecting your privacy and protecting your passwords. And, um, you know, there's a whole section on that in the book. And we have a lot of that in some of our courses too. But um, yeah, I mean, people got to know this stuff. They really do. <laughs> I think I was just talking to my husband about this yesterday. Um, just like internet safety in general. Um, he's, he's a big lover of Reddit. All right. <laughs> so everyone's all home bring up something that he's watching on um, or reading up on Reddit. And um, yesterday it was someone had, someone was talking about um, like their, their child's Instagram account and, mm -hmm. um, and they hadn't put anything about them or their child on that, but someone who was commenting said, based on your activity on Reddit, I have been able to figure out who you are, who your child is, and I can see all their pictures. And like, that's what like basically exploded the conversation. Oh my God. And, 
I, mean, I know. And and this, this person, I guess, was like, how how like how could you even figure this out? How dare you? Like all this stuff. And the the I guess the Reddit um, user responded with, "This is how I found out, and it's really easy. And if I could do it, then what could someone who has more means or um, more skills do to find right. out this information? If you're putting it out there on the internet, like That's someone it. can find it." This comes back to exactly where I started, which is here's why I think you need to know about this stuff, even if you don't think you do. And mm-hmm. so in some way, when you say that story, it's like, oh my God, that's so surprising and crazy. But another, for me, it's like, actually, that's, yeah, that's possible. That's like, kind of basic, you know? Anytime you go to a site, you know, they can track you or your data or you're logged in or what are your privacy settings and what's available and, you know, uh, how data is shared between sites and mm-hmm. all those things. And um yeah, no, I think having that education and having that awareness, like, I don't know, like, yeah, probably you want to have that private, you right. know? Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't know. I mean, this is one where, like, you know, I think a lot of younger people use something like Venmo, and Venmo has like a setting where people's transactions are public. And so, mm-hmm. what? that Reddit user can do the exact same thing in much more creepy detail for someone whose transactions are all public. Those should be private. You know, you shouldn't do that. And, you know, in the book, I share an example where it's like, um, you know, I think there was something with, uh, I think it was with Target a number of years ago where they were based on predictive like shopping patterns. They were sending mailers to kind of people who were pregnant before they themselves knew. Oh my God. Yes. Yes. Because of shopping patterns and aggregating that data across the board. And it was very disturbing for people, as you can imagine. But I think it's like, okay, this is what it means, the power of big data and how should we allow that to be used and not. And it's like, okay, now you know, how do we think about this? How do we bring this into the classroom? How do we teach students? How do we build products? How do we regulate this? What data should be able to be shared and resold and what shouldn't? Yeah. I I mean, and everyone's always so outraged and surprised, but at the same time, like, how can you be surprised? We've kind of allowed it to get to this. That's right. We've been, we've been just um, bystanders. Exactly. Exactly. Kind of like what we'd said a few minutes ago where, um, you know, not knowing how to code or not really understanding how just like simple things on the internet um, or data mining, any of that, not knowing it, we're just kind of allowing it to happen. Right. And right. just kind of assuming that everything's going to be okay. <laughs> right. Right. Just putting a lot of faith into, uh, no, it's crazy. Into it's the world. Crazy. I think it's worth learning a bit about how those, how those things work. Yeah. So anyone that's listening, check your passwords, right. <laughs> check your privacy settings. <laughs> Use a password manager. That's one thing I, I mean, use a password manager, make sure your passwords are different on different sites. You know, a lot of people, if you use the same password for every site and then one site's hacked, which sites are hacked all the time. If one site's hacked and you use that password somewhere else, they can go try your password on every other site. Oh man, <laughs> this is getting dark. All right, I think you, you might you have a to-do list after this. So <laughs> Not only am I stressed out now, but I think anyone that's going to be listening is going to rush. Right. Right, right, so, right. No, like, I don't want to stress people out. I no, just, I'm just joking. But yeah, it's better to do that ahead of time than to get hacked, you know? Yeah, I mean, it's important to know. I, I would hope that, you, you know, people would find that this is just useful and not stressful 
I right. mean, it can be a little stressful because you're like, oh, geez, like I need to be better at this. Right. But even there's a few simple things you can do that I think make your, make your security setup a lot better. And so I definitely recommend like a password manager. Um, I recommend making sure the passwords are different on different sites and then setting up two-factor authentication um, yeah. where, where you can, which is, you know, like a password and then maybe your phone or an app mm -hmm. on yeah, no, that's so true. The other day, my Facebook account, which I really don't use that often, I got 20 emails at like 3 a.m. saying someone was trying to get into my account, but my two, two, um, what, what's it called? The two-factor authentication thing like wouldn't go because it wasn't me <laughs> trying oh, okay. to hack in. They nice. weren't successful, but still, I was like, geez, like I'm nice. grateful for this two-factor. Things. Not that I have much going on on my Facebook. I mean, Facebook. Right. Oh, right. No, I know, but it's still it's just someone out there that insistent on trying to get in. Right. Right. It's crazy. What else are they trying to do? Right. You know? Um. All right. So let's 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 end on a little more positive. <laughs> Sure, sure. Um, I mean, I feel like just this whole time you've been exuding a lot of love for computer science and coding in general. So how about this? Why do you love to code? Right. That's a good question. I think it allows you to be very creative. Um, I think it allows you to make ideas that you have possible for me. And, you know, I, I was able to learn a little bit when I was younger and take some classes and study it. And it it uh, allowed us to be able to start a company. We had an idea, hey, can we make software to make it easier for schools to teach coding and we could build that. Or maybe you have an idea to build or maybe a student has an idea to build. And we see students who like, they make an app for their football team to save plays or you know, they're doing something in the local community or they're making a website for someone that they know. And I think um, saying, oh, I have this idea, I can solve this problem, I can use this tool, I can be creative. Um, for me, the way I learned was, you know, making small little projects that over time get bigger. And I think that's a great way, you know, applying it to things you know and things you're interested in. And um, there's always cool things to, to be learning about. So uh, that's, yeah. that's some stuff. Who knows? A student can make an app and it could be the next big thing. Right. Maybe. How cool would that be? And a teacher would be like, um, can I have a percent of the shares? <laughs> <laughs> We chatted about your book. How about tell us where you can find it, where people can buy it? Yeah, so you, it's called Read, Write, Code. You can find it on Amazon. You can find it on the book website at readwritecodebook.com. Um, everything for CodeHS is at codehs.com. And if you want to find me online or send a note, um, find me jkeesh online or jeremykeeshan.com. Awesome. Um, is there anything else that you would like to chat about before we sign up? Uh, I think we covered a lot of topics, so thank you. Yeah, this was really fun. And for anyone um, that wants to reach out to me, my website's steamuptheclassroom.com, and Twitter is steamupthecLSRM, and Instagram is steamuptheclassroom. Um, Jeremy, this has been so nice. This was like such a great conversation. And even uh, though we like kind of chatted about the darker side of the internet, I think it, it was a really important conversation to have. And I know that I will be looking at my passwords. I have to reach out. <laughs> yeah, thank you again. Thanks so much for all your insight and your enthusiasm.